Let's pray. Father God, we just thank you and praise you for this day. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to come together to worship you. Father, we pray that everything done and said today will be to the upbuilding of your kingdom. Father, we pray over this message that will not return void, but it will reach who it was supposed to reach. And we give you the praise and honor and glory for in Jesus' most precious name. Amen. All right, so my jokes are getting harder and harder to come by. So I got some one-liners. So there's a couple of one-liners. Y'all can laugh at once or together. Or I hope you laugh at each one, but we'll see. So what did Jonah's family say when he told them what happened before he reached Nineveh? Sounds fishy. <clears throat> uh, I didn't say they were good one-liners. I just said they were one-liners. Um, 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 what did the pirates call Noah's boat? Arg. <laughs> like I said, not. who knew the most people in the Bible? Abraham, he knew a lot. Man, okay, it's tough times. All right, last one. Um, um, what did Daniel tell his real estate agent? I would prefer for my house not to have a den. All right. <clears throat> hey, if y'all got jokes, send them. I'll be happy to have them, I promise. All right, so what we talked about, anybody remember what we talked about last week? It didn't go out on Facebook, so if you wasn't here, you didn't hear. And thank goodness, I actually had a couple people complain that it didn't go out on Facebook, which means that they actually were listening, which is fantastic. Um, but what we talked about last week is uh, spending the first few minutes in the morning when we wake up, um, spending time with God first, right? We talked about the story of Elijah and the widow woman where she prepared a meal for Elijah first and then God blessed everything that was else. And so I challenge y'all for 30 days, right? The rest of the month of October to spend time with God first, right? Whether it's worshiping, whether it's reading the Bible, whether it's praying, whether it's meditating, whatever. But the first thing you do after you have to do your daily toiletry stuff is to spend time with God, right? And what that does... Or what that should do, if you actually completed what I asked you to do, is it should recharge your battery, right? It should recharge your battery every day. You should feel uh, more refreshed, uh, renewed, upbeat, upbuilt, right? So, why do we charge batteries, right? Most of the time we charge batteries because of something, or we, use, we change the batteries in something because of something we're going to use, right? Because you don't charge batteries and then set them on the shelf. That doesn't do you any good. So, this week's message is on the light stand. I told Thomas he could put it in his light stand or the light or whatever. So, we're going to start <clears throat> with the gospel according to Matthew. And, and it's, it's all red, but um, in my Bible it's red. It might not be red in your Bible. Um, Matthew 5 and verse 14. You are the light of the world. A town on a hill cannot be hidden, neither do people put light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand right? You know what I'm talking about? I mean, like, we don't have that problem, right? Our, our, our lights are in the ceiling or on a lamp stand, but they used to, like, light the candle stuff and, or the lamps and then put them up on a high perch where it kind of give light to the rest of the room, right? I mean, you know, it's before electricity and indoor plumbing and that kind of stuff. That, that's the only way they could see at night. And, I mean, you know, you think, well, I think back to, like, when I think about not having that stuff, I think about like the hurricane times, right? When Hugo hit and we didn't have power for days or weeks or months or how, wherever you live, how bad your story was. Um, 
about how many candles we burn and how do we get light and how much flashlights did we use and it's something that we didn't ever use before i mean we just not i mean y'all tote a flashlight. i mean now you do if you got a phone you got a flashlight with you all the time but i mean a lot of times you don't tote a flashlight right i actually have a flashlight beside my bed along with a, one of them bang sticks that, that goes bang just in case right but but that light is valuable when when is it most valuable I mean, if you got a flashlight and go outside right now, it's, it's not very valuable, is it? How about about midnight when there's, you know, especially this, right, in this silly weather we're in now where it's cloudy and there's no moon or stars. I mean, it is real dark now, right? That's when the light is most valuable. So if, the, if we are the light of the world and we shouldn't be putting it under a bowl, but we should put it on a stand where it gives life to everyone in the house, in the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see the good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. So when is that light most valuable? It's not when everything's going great and everything's wonderful and the world's just chipping away, is it? Or is it when in the dark times when things are tough and things are not going our way and in, in times of sickness or in times of need or in times of, you know, great despair? I mean, ain't that sound like today? I mean, if you watch the news for just a minute, they'll convince you of that in just a few minutes if you're willing to listen and believe what they have to say. So our light is most valuable when it's dark. So in this time, in this day and age, our light is extremely valuable. I, I saw a short video this week, and, and you know, I, I try really hard to be abreast of what's going on, especially in the Christian world of, of what's taking place. And they actually had, and I don't know where exactly it was, but they had had a rally. It was an anti-Jesus rally. And dude was wearing a shirt, and it says, if Jesus came back today, we'd kill him again. Now, I don't know how much darker it gets. I mean, you know, when the... When the Romans killed him, I mean, Pilate did wash his hands, right? But the, and the Jews made a very, very poor decision when they killed Jesus. They said, let his blood be on our head and then the head of our children, right? One of the worst statements ever made. But they didn't know that they were killing the Son of God, or either they were blinded. I mean, the Bible talks about that the, the eyes are blinded by the enemy. They killed the Son of God, right? But in today's world... I mean, to celebrate or to have an event to where you would go and say, yeah, if the Son of God showed up again today, we'd kill him again. That's pretty dark times, right? And I'm not, this is not a doom and gloom message, don't get me wrong. Because no matter amount of, if, if we turned off all the lights and blacked out all the windows and it got really dark in here, if one person turned on a light, everybody in this room could see it. Why? Because where there's darkness, light wins. I, I, I have never yet seen one time to where darkness was so dark that the light didn't work. Now, the batteries might be dead in the light. You might not have batteries in the light. The light not be, might not be plugged into the source. You know, the bulb might be blown. I mean, some of us, might be, our bulbs might be blown just a little bit. We might be kind of dim, not too bright. But when you turn on the light, regardless of what takes place around it, the the light overcomes the darkness. 
And that's the truth in this world. There can be all the darkness you want to see, but the light and in God, what we do according to God's word still overcomes the darkness. That is the foundation of the Christianity faith. That when Jesus came into the world, it was a dark, bad place, and there were bad things happening. But his light overtook all of that. And then he died for my sins and your sins and went into hell and paid our penalty, and that light shone brighter. So let's go now to um, <clears throat> uh, 1 Peter. I'm kind of out of order. Y'all know. Thomas told me the other day I needed to give him a, a list of scriptures where he could keep up better and put them on the screen better. And I told him, yeah, that would mean that I'd have to know which one we was going to use first, and that don't always work out. So it's 1 Peter chapter 2. Um, verse 19, 1 Peter 2, I'm, I'm sorry, 1 Peter 2, 9. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of what? Out of darkness into his wonderful light. So when you are being called out of darkness, because see, listen, when, when, when before you were saved, right? You were part of the darkness. And then I'm not saying that you were a horrible, mean, bad person. No, you just didn't have the light in you. Why? Because the light comes from God. Right? I mean, the light is in the Christian's DNA. The light comes from the creator of the universe. But you can see the light and be in darkness, but you can't be the light and be in darkness. If you don't have God on the inside of you, you can't be the light. When he's talking about calling us out of darkness, the only way that we adapt and become out of darkness into the light is when we accept Jesus to become our personal Savior, and then we have the light that shines out. But until we accept Jesus as our personal Savior, you can't be the light to nothing. You can't be your own light. You don't get to pick. You don't got nothing. You got nothing to give. Before Jesus is your personal Savior, you, you were condemned to death and hell. You don't got no light. You live in the darkness. So when he called us out of the darkness, and you know, it, it's always tough in the Bible. We, we had a discussion this week of what's linear and what's not linear. What's prophetic and what's not prophetic. What, what has happened already and what hasn't already happened. Well, you know, a lot of folks, he called them out of darkness. They're they not even out of the darkness yet. He called them, they ain't come. So, so when, when First Peter, when he's talking about being called out of the darkness to being a peculiar people, right? That to some folks, they still in the darkness. And praise God, when they hear this message, they're going to come out of the light, come into the light. They're going to accept Jesus and become part of the light. Because the more the body of Christ grows, the brighter the light gets. And, and if you think about it, if, if think about a Hugo, we go back to Hugo, it's the best example I got. And you rode through town at Hugo, after Hugo. I don't know if you did or not. I did. Every house was dark. And then every once in a while you go, ooh, they got a generator. Ooh, ooh, they got a campfire. Ooh, they got a lantern. You could see that light. And then on a normal night when everybody has power, you can't see that light. But when, when everybody's power was out and it was horrible, you could see, oh, they, they, they got light. Oh, they got light over there too. Why? Because when it's really dark, that light shines really bright. But what happens is, is that as the body of Christ grows, oh, they got light, 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 they got light. 
It becomes bigger and bigger and bigger. And what happens? The more light there is, the less darkness there is. It's pushed back. Standing where I'm standing, I can see a little frame, sh a shadow under each pew. Just a smidge, not a bunch, just a little thin shadow. But if I were to lay a light on the floor and point it that way, it would eliminate that shadow, right? But the more light there is, I mean, you know, we got like 97 light switches in here. There's some up here and some over there and some over there and some over there. But you could turn off pieces of the light. But if you turned off all the switches except for one, there would still be light. So no matter how dark it gets in the world, um, as long as I have, I like to say that, as long as I have breath in my lungs, we're going to have a light here. That might not be the brightest light. <laughs> might be kind of dim sometimes. I might miss it occasionally. But I'm going to be the best light I know how to be. Whether that's a little flickering candle or a 10,000 candlewatt Q beam, I'm going to do the best I can do. But the more we develop, the more we charge our batteries, the more we spend time in God's Word, the more we adapt into what God's Word says, the more we spend time in God's presence, the brighter our light gets. You can't give anybody something that you don't have. You can't encourage people if you're not encouraged. You can't give people money if you don't have any money. You can't give them light if you don't have any light. I mean, you can't give something somebody that you don't have. So when we want to be restored and blessed and, and, and charged with our light, that comes from the source of light. It does not come from the world. All right, um... Uh, let's go to Ephesians. Oh, flip past it. There she is. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 8. Now, in, in, in Peter, he says, we were called out of the darkness. So, so in Ephesians 5, verse 8, it says, for you were once darkness. But now you have answered, right? But now you are the light in the Lord. Live as children of the light. For the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. Right? Ooh, that, tough, that next one is tough, right? Verse 11, and have nothing to do with fruitless deeds of the dark, but rather expose them. So when we are, once we have been called out of the darkness and we become part of the light, we are supposed to live according to the light. I, I saw another, uh, it was a, uh, it wasn't a TikTok, but it was a, a reel, I guess, on Instagram, and, and, and it was an a, a African-American gentleman, he was running down the street, and on the front of his shirt said, Christian, and it was, in a big, it was a piece of paper stapled to the shirt or glued or taped or I don't know, but anyway, it said Christian, and he, as he was running down the road, he would see social media, and he would cover up his name and smile and wave. And then he would pull it back out, and then it would say dating, and he'd cover it up again. And then he'd smile and wave and then go back out. And then it would say job, and he'd cover it up again, and then he'd smile and wave, and he'd go on then. And it was six or eight things. And at the end of the road, and everybody had the same piece of paper taped to the front of their shirt, right, with all the different descriptions. And at the end of the road was a dude standing there like this, and it said Holy Spirit. And he's standing there, and he was like, oh, hey, look. You, no. You, you hid from the job. You hid from the dating. You hid from the social media. You hid from your family. You hid from your friends. You hid from being in public 
but now you want to have a relationship with me? That is the epitome of what Jesus is talking about, that we don't have a light that we put under a bowl. We can't wear the tag Christian when it's convenient for us and take it off when it's inconvenient for us. That's not how this works. You either light or dark. There ain't nothing in between. There is no line of middle. It's either dark or light. There's no twilight in this. You can't be, well, over here I'm in the light and over here I'm in the dark. That's not how this works. That's not who we were called to be. And I'm going to tell you, because we hunt and we do all kinds of stuff and, and a lot of times we in the dark duck hunting or deer hunting or whatever, I mean, I go through flashlights, buddy. I, I mean, I go through flashlights. And I have a couple that are really good and, you know, like anything else, if you have something that's really good, most of the time it's because you paid for it. But I also have some that are really bad. And I can tell you when I go in my bag that I have to go look for a deer or I have something to do or I have to look in the dark, I do not buy, I do not pick up the little flashlight that like flickers. It's like a little, like you can't tell that it's on. That's, that's not the flashlight I want. Because when I need the light, I want a lot of light. I've never been looking for something in the dark and said, ooh, that's too bright, turn that down. No, 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 no. I want it to look like the sun. I want it to look a complete, like it's daylight. Especially like if you shot a deer or something, you're looking for blood. I mean, I want it to look like the sunshine just came out. I want everything as lit up as possible. I want to be that kind of Christian. That I'm so bright, and y'all need to put on sunglasses. I don't want to be a little flickering Oh, is it on? Is it off? Is it on? Maybe it needs new batteries, you know? I mean, y'all done that, right? Shook the flashlight, the old ones, and beat on it, and there's a switch, and oh, oh, it worked. No, it didn't work. Oh, it worked. Now, how reliable of a flashlight is that? Would y'all go into the darkness with a flashlight that sometimes works? Would you go into the world with a light that sometimes works? Because, see, Jesus' light never stopped shining, regardless of what took place. I mean, <laughs> beat him, tortured him, hung him on a cross, Trying to kill him, forgive him, because they don't know what they're doing. That's a pretty bright light. And I can tell you, I, 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 in my mind, standing there, if you were standing there watching that, what did he say? He said, forgive him? Are you crazy? I mean, I, I don't even comprehend that. I mean, we can't forgive people for something that we misunderstood two years ago or five years ago or because they said something about my mama or their mama or my girlfriend at the time or whatever. And he hung on the cross and said, I forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. <laughs> they looked like they knew what they were doing. They beat you and tortured you and crammed a crown of thorns on your head and mocked you and nailed you on a cross, made you tote the cross. It looks a whole lot like they had a plan. I mean, they didn't go, hey, what are we doing today? I know. Let's kill this Jewish guy and hang him up on a tree. I mean, they had a plan. And he sat there with the brightest light that's ever seen us and said, Forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. That's the kind of light we have to be because that light didn't flicker. And, and, and then listen, the, on the human aspect of it, when he went in the Garden of Gethsemane and he was praying to God and said, if there's any other way, if there's any other way to do this, you can take this cup from me, let's do that. And when the answer was no, he did not flinch. His light did not flicker. He ministered I mean, right? What did he do? He washed his disciples' feet. He tended to them. He cared for them. He loved them. He talked to them. 
He knew what was getting ready to happen. His light never flickered. At no point in time in Jesus' life did it ever get just a little bit dark. Now look, we, we can't say that. Because, and it can't be just me, maybe it's me and like somebody else, and if you're somebody else, you just listen and we won't tell anybody it's just us. But there have been times in our life that we weren't the brightest light we were supposed to be. There have been times in our life to where we needed a spotlight to show up and we took one of them little 99-cent flicker, you know, didn't come on, come on. There have been times in my life to where we were supposed to look like the sun and be the light to the world, and we failed. That's human. That's what that is. We, we, we have been called, we, we have been called out of darkness to become God's marvelous light, but sometimes we are not very good at it. Now, we pray for forgiveness and move on, right? I mean, that's the best we know how to do. But we are still the light. In that same flashlight, when my batteries go dead, right? Now, I got a little stream light. It's really my favorite flashlight. When the batteries go dead, I go find brand new, top-notch, best batteries I can find. And I get that running back. And sometimes you have to clean out little terminals and you got to do a little maintenance. But it's a great flashlight. Well, that's us. Sometimes we need to charge the batteries a little bit. Sometimes we need the maintenance and a little attitude adjustment. We need a little bit of perspective and understanding what God's done in our life to how we got from point A to point B to where we're really not part of the darkness and we have no association with the darkness and we are supposed to be on a stand where everybody can see us. You know, that's one of the toughest things, right? Being on a stand where everybody can see you is really tough. It, it, it's the most difficult thing I deal with. And it's because people remind me of it. Mostly my wife and children, but I mean, random other people do as well. You can't say that. You can't act like that. You can't go there. You can't do this. You can't do that. You're the preacher. I understand. And I do the best I know how. That's the little kids harassing Riley and they were being really rude. And I'm glad she's not here. And they were being really rude. And I said, you tell them that yo daddy, although he's a pastor now, he's still crazy. And he will change your mind, I promise. And Brian was like, you can't say that. And I'm like, no, no, you can't mess with my baby. You can't. What does it say? I'm from the south side of the kingdom. I, sometimes I have to adjust. And I want to be the light of the world, and I would probably pray for them after I got finished beating the tar out of them. But, I mean, we're going to have some discussions on how you insult and, and, and embarrass and bully my child. That's not okay. Now it's been taken care of, and everybody's happy now, and I'm good. Daddy's back good. And, and I told them that, that my children, they've never really seen the real, they've never seen me completely lose my temper, and I've done it a few times in some fights and some different stuff. But I have worked hard, very hard, over the last decade or so to get that fuse longer and longer and longer, and I'll be proud to say, and I shouldn't be, but I am, that I have walked away from situations recently that I have never been able to walk away from in my entire life. Does that make me a very good light? Sometimes, maybe, I don't know. Did I handle it perfectly? Absolutely not. However, we're still put on a pedestal. And we, me, and you. Oh, you're supposed to be a Christian. And the devil will bring that to you just as fast as you do something you ain't supposed to do. So quick, mm, I thought you was a Christian. Say something you're not supposed to say. Yell at somebody or do something you ain't supposed to do. And you go, well, you know, you're right. I am a Christian. And I am held to a higher standard. 
and I am different than you. But that doesn't mean I'm perfect. Because if I was perfect, I wouldn't need Jesus. But we're still the light of the world. We're still doing the best we know how. We're still moving forward in the kingdom, right? I mean, and that's all we know how to do. All we know how to do is to shine the light that God gave us. Um, 2 Corinthians, I'm getting close. Come on. Uh, scratch that. 1 John, I'm sorry. 1 John chapter 1, um, verse 5. 1 John 1, 5. And this is the message we have heard from him to declare to you. God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. And if we claim to have fellowship with him, yet walk in the darkness, we lie, and we do not live in the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all of our sin. So when we say, when we say we're the light, when we say we're the Christians, we need to act like it. We need to show up and be them. And that's not always easy, like the crazy guy that was running down the road with his shirt off. I mean, there's, not, there's times where you go, oh, you're one of those people? Yeah, I'm one of those people. You mean one of those people that believes that the creator of the universe sent his son to, to save us from the damnation of hell? Yep, I'm on that list. In my worst fear, right, my worst fear, worst, worst fear, nothing, anything in the world is, and I, I've told y'all before, is to have missed an opportunity to be the light in somebody's world that I was their only shot, or I was their last shot, or I was their intermediate last shot, or whatever. I don't know how it works out. And I told y'all the story about the guy getting saved. But my, I mean, one of, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, it, 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 it concerns me that I want to be the best light I can be. And that I don't allow something dumb I said or do or whatever to tarnish or take away an opportunity to have somebody see what Jesus looks like looking at me. And because of my personality, I struggle with that, right? Because I'm a smart aleck, and I always have something quippy to say, or, or I'm sarcastic. And I mean, you know, my, I have, but the good news is I have raised my kids, they are bilingual. They, are, they can speak English and sarcasm. To, I mean, they are great at it. But that came from, I mean, it came from me. But truthfully, to, to have the opportunity to be the source of light in somebody else's and, and, and I'm not saying that I'm in place of God, right? God is the, is the father of light. But, but we were called out of darkness to become part of his light. To be the source of the light. To be able to go to, in Hugo and say, here's a generator, turn on your lights. Here's a candle, turn on your light. Here's some batteries for your flashlight, turn on your light. That has to be our goal, that we are the light of the world and that we are working on spreading that every day. And look, I don't expect you to go get your cardboard sign and stand on the corner and tell them, you know, I, that's not it. 
That's, that's not where your light, well, wait a minute, let me back up. If that's where God is telling you your light is, then you need to get some cardboard and a good marker and get you a sign. If that's not where God tells you your, your light needs to go with you to school and work and to the grocery store and to the gas station and to the Walmart and to the mall and to wherever else you go, your light should go with you everywhere you go. And if you're going somewhere and your light does not feel comfortable, Maybe you ought to not go. First Peter says we shouldn't associate with the darkness. Just saying, if your light does not feel comfortable going and doing what you're going and doing, now inside that Holy Spirit starts talking to you, maybe you shouldn't go. But where you do go, your light has to go with you. You don't get to choose to leave it home. I'll tell you what, I'll make you a deal. Only, only take your light with you everywhere you take your phone. Fair? Everywhere you take your phone, you take your light. Now, if you leave your phone, you can leave your light. I would assume that that's like swimming in the pool and showering, most of you, right? But if you have your phone, you have your light, right? So it's, what is it, the 10th? It's the 10th, right? So we still got 21 days that we've spent in our first moments with God for 21 more days. 21 more days. Every day, every day, every day. For 21 more days, we're going to spend our first moments with God, and we're going to recharge our batteries to where when it's dark around us, our light gets brighter. Okay? And no matter how dark it is, one light makes the difference. Jesus came into a dark world with one light, and that one light has spread around the globe. It's being preached in all kinds of languages and all kinds of countries. That one light has turned into lots of lights. Our job is to continue to light. I want y'all to be so bright, y'all look like the Christmas parade float. Y'all know, like on our Christmas parade float, when we go through the, and Uncle Mike loves it, we go past the ballpark in Monk's Corner coming out of the end of the float. Our Christmas parade float is so bright, it knocks out the street lights. The streetlights like, oh, it's daylight. I need to cut off. We knock them out. That's how light bright our lights need to be. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you and praise you for this day, Father. We pray that you will give us guidance, that we will be the light of the world, Father, that you will use us and guide us to help move the kingdom forward, and we give you praise and honor and glory for it. In Jesus' most precious name, amen. If anybody has a need for prayer,